I'm surprised that you're crediting Sting considering how big of a Brett Favre. Oh, Brett Favre. <laughs> I don't, not a Brett Favre fan. <laughs> That's a funny split. Split! Slip! It's Friday! What is going on, guys? This is Grapples to Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to when you were a child, which gaming system you preferred, Sega or that uh, Super Nintendo, that SNES? I had both, but Mm -hmm. my first, 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 first memory of gaming is playing Sonic 2 on the Sega Genesis. Mm. So... My heart's right there. Yeah. I never had Sega Genesis. My no? uncle had it. My grandmother had it in the house. Okay. And I was like, oh, man, this is cool. They had Street Fighter and all these yeah. other games. Say, uh, Sonic. Yeah. But uh, Super Mario World. Yeah, no. I, I was saying that's, that. That's, I, the bees, that's the cat's pajamas right there. I definitely had both. But I, I was I'm, playing, a, I'm a SNES guy. I was playing Sonic. I was playing Streets of Rage. Bro. Yeah, shoot, I was all about it. Those are bangers. Yeah, bro. Those are called bangers that's right there. <laughs> you know what's another banger? What? Listening to us oh. on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples the number two. Apples. You know what's another banger? Mm-hmm. Some Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Google Play Music. Those mm-hmm. are both bangers. You can listen to this banger <laughs> in your ear bangers. It's not like Maddie Bizzle right now. Right? <laughs> Spitting out the words. Spitting out the, 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 the voice. I'm trying to... The words that come out of my mouth into your into ears, ears through your headphone wires. <laughs> yeah, boy. The one and only, the very sensual, the very toy, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, Shades, always joined by Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is. And that is how my hetero life mate puts it down. Damn. Got a lot of news to go over today, some Twitter beef. A very, very sad, tragic passing. Some Raw, some SmackDown. So, Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. Let's do us a favor. Let's Ooh. do the fans a favor Ooh. and ring that bell. So, as usual, we'll start with some news from the world outside of the WWE, outside the Titan Towers. First bit of news, Joey Janela, Darby Allin, and Jimmy Havoc have been scheduled in a triple threat match for AEW's all out. This has been set up from their three-on-three match that they had at Fighter Fest. No, I'm sorry, Fight for the Fallen. And they've been um, doing these little like promos and vignettes of them fighting each other whenever they see each other, including an incredibly hilarious one featuring Blink-182. Yes. That if you haven't seen, please watch, because it's just downright funny. Um, so that leads into that match. Well, you have to know the context of why Blink-182 is there to understand fully the joke. Alright, I mean, so if we're gonna, I don't want to explain the joke, because when you explain the joke, that sounds being funny. we got to give context to what happened previously, which we have, so if you go back and listen to our previous episode... Uh, that's called a plug. Not our previous, maybe our previous, previous episode, or our previous, previous, previous episode. But well, go if back you and listen, listen to all of them, then you'll definitely find what we're, lo- what we're talking about. It's that Goosey Malibu, I call it Malibu, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, we got some free agency signing in the house. 
A big free agency signing. A big one. Tennille Dashwood, formerly known to WWE fans as Emma. Emmalina. Yeah, that lasted all of one second. Yeah. Has left Ring of Honor and signed a brand new contract with Impact Wrestling. Now, when we, the uh, myself, <clears throat> U-Shades, and Maddie Bizzle had a private conversation about this via the Facebook message chat that we, uh, we always have, and I kind of wanted to bring that up here, because Bizzle made some points that made, that let me make some points that I think is important to think about with this signing. When making points. Points on points on points. So, to Neil Dashwood, some people might think, you know, why not go back to WWE, or why not go to AEW? Yeah. You know, all oh, those are no-brainers. Um, I think Bizzle said that she's going to waste away an impact. And here's the thing. She's actually probably in the best place for her, other than AEW. And the reason I say that is because outside of AEW, who's trying to build a women's division, and WWE, who's already solidified the women's division... Impact, solidified in quotes. For well, quote unquote, they have a st- like the the roster they have is stacked. They just don't use them well. Correct. So, Impact actually has a really, I don't want to say really really good, but they have a good women's division. Yeah, I mean, Nakas division includes Tessa Blanchard, who's one of the hottest wrestlers on the planet right now. Arguably the best female wrestler. Exactly, and then not only do you have. Tessa Blanchard, who's, you know, cream of the crop, you have other female wrestlers who are also very talented, like Sue Young, like Rosemary. You have up-and-comers like Kira Hogan. You know, they have a good crop of talent and impact, and I think Tennille Dashwood fits in perfectly, Mm -hmm. where she can mentor some of the younger girls, she can fit right in with Tessa and, uh, and, and, um... And Sue Young, maybe she could do something with Valkyrie. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think that their styles mesh, but I think they're, they're similarly tiered in terms of um, their status in the wrestling industry. I think Tadeo Dasher may have a little bit of a leg up on yeah, Valkyrie. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, but considering that Valkyrie's a former Knockouts champion, that's not a bad feud for her to get into. Yeah, although I'm pretty sure she's going straight to to Desa Blanchard because that makes the most sense in my opinion. Yeah. Their I mean, styles make the most sense. And if you're going to bring in a Tennille Dashwood, you bring her in hot against your, your top dog. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a good, I think this is a really good signing for Impact. And it could be a good signing for Tennille Dashwood. Yeah. She's actually one of the few wrestlers I don't like using their real names because I don't like her real name. What's her? Tennille Dashwood? Yeah. Well, I'm not crazy about that. You don't like Tennille? Just, I don't feel like it's a good wrestling name. Tennille Dashwood. I'm, I don't find a problem with it. What's her first name? Tennille. What's her middle name? She doesn't have one. So, oh, like her real name is Tennille Dashwood? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like a... like A, a ring name? Like a Dick Diggler kind of thing. No, that's her, that's her, that's her like birth name. Ooh. Well, she's Australian, mate, so... Right. Tennille Dashwood is a... I mean, that sounds Australian to me. Tennille Avril Dashwood. Yeah, so she does have a middle name. Well, Avril Dashwood, would you like that instead? It's no, hard. I don't know. They go, I don't know. Like, I mean, not, I'm not saying that I like the name Emma, but I don't know. Something, something. I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. Wasn't uh, Tennille Dashwood at uh, All uh, was it All In? Yeah. Wasn't she at All In? 
She But she didn't wrestle? She was at the table, at the announce table. Yeah, so I mean, one would think that hey, maybe she'll sign with AEW, but maybe they weren't giving her what she wanted. Yeah, maybe she, she got offered more money and impact. Maybe they offered her a better spot. I think I think it's more of the spot yeah. than the money. Yeah. To be honest. Um because, I mean, let's be real. If she signs... I, I feel like AEW is the kind of company where if Tenille Dashwood signed right now, they'd say, awesome, we're happy you're here, but we've been working with these girls for a while. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a line here. Yeah. Where I feel like Impact would be like, okay, you and Tessa. Yeah. Tomorrow. But Tessa's not their women's champion, is she? Does she have to be right now? I mean, that's true. Bro, Tessa pretty much is Impact Wrestling right now. It's like her and Sammy Callahan are the entire... Bra- oh, and, 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 and you know... RVD. One of a kind! <laughs> what about Rhino? <laughs> what about Rhino? Gar! Anyway, let's move on to some more news. Staying in the fashion of Ring of Honor, even though Tenille just left there, she doesn't work there anymore, who does still work there is Bully Ray. Bully Ray was in an incident about a month ago. Ooh, maybe longer than that. Was it more than a month ago? Wasn't it the... Uh, are we talking about the same incident where the guy was... Yeah, the fan with the, the calling the women... Yeah, uh, that was more than a month ago. Oh, two months ago, maybe. Either way, Ring of Honor has finally said that they've concluded their investigation. Now, here's what I don't like about this. They only made this announcement once somebody asked them. Mm-hmm. So someone was like, hey, what's going on with this bully rating? Oh, yeah. We've concluded our investigation. And we've concluded our investigation. They've released no details about anything. Think they whacked the guy? Well, the guy in question is still alive. And he says that Ring of Honor never even contacted him about the situation. So I don't know what investigation they... Hmm. Bully, what'd you do? This. Alright, no problem. Later. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I don't know. It's a little sus, so I'm not crazy about it. But, um... Ring of Honor has concluded their investigation on the incident that took place between Bully Ray and this fan. Moving on. The Briscoes, the Briscoe Brothers, however you want to call them, have won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships at Manhattan Mayhem. Now, that leads into the match at uh, the Ring of Honor Summer Supercard. This is my issue with Ring of Honor. And my issue with Ring of Honor in New Japan, actually, that you and I have discussed. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like their tag team division has become incredibly stagnant. Mm-hmm. For what feels like the 118th time, we're getting the Briscoes versus G.O.D. in Ladder Wars. How many times can we do this? I feel like if you add the Young Bucks to this match, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this 700 times. It's one of those, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. I get that, but do something different. I mean, I'm not for this. I would would definitely like to see something else, aside from the Briscoes and G.O.D., in a ladder match, or in another match, to be honest. It's like how WWE does it, where it's just like, wow, we know that the bar and the New Day can put on a good match. Right. So or the Usos and the New Day. The Usos and the New Day face each other like every other pay-per-view because we know they can. Mm-hmm. We don't, 
why not build up PCL and and uh, Brody King? Villains Enterprises. Yeah, put them in this match. Put the Kingdom in this match. Do some. Put somebody else. You know, I know God are the champs, and now Briscoes are the champs, but. We can't continue to have these two tag teams carry both the IWGP and Ring of Honor championships mm-hmm. and then facing each other all the time. Yeah, it's annoying. Like at this point, I don't even. I know it could be a good match. I don't care anymore. It, it will be a good match. It's just I'm tired of seeing the match. I don't want to watch it anymore. It's annoying. So more matches have been announced for the Summer Supercard. Got it right this time. First, Roosh. We'll be taking on Dalton Castle in a no-DQ match. That should be interesting. Matt Taven defending his Ring of Honor World Championship, which, by the way, I still can't believe he still has. It's nuts. Defending it against Alex Shelley. That'll do nothing. That'll go nowhere. What do you mean? Alex Shelley's a Alex very, Shelley's taking that off Matt he's Taven? He's a very good talent. He's taking that off Matt Taven. He should. He's more exciting than uh, Matt Taven is. <clears throat> it's a parallel move. I like the Motor City Machine Guns with Alex, Al, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban when they were in TNA. So that's why. I get you. I just feel like it's it's lateral. It's lateral. I don't feel like you're going anywhere by putting it on Alex Shelley. Uh, Women of Honor World Championship. Kelly Klein uh, going up against Tasha Steeles. Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus Mark Haskins and Bandito. Should be a good match. That should be, yeah, that should be fun to watch. And then lastly, Caristico, uh, Soberano Jr., and Stuka Jr. versus Barbaro Cabernero. <laughs> They're messing with me now. Yeah, yeah I'm so happy I didn't do the non news because I'm like, Hechicero. Hechicero and Templario. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, mess with me now. Yeah, that, that Spanish got you through that, man. <laughs> thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Yeah. No, I'm like Miss Waller. Thank you, <laughs> freshman year. Miss Waller. Oh Lord Jesus. Uh, so yeah, so that's happening. Uh, one last bit of news that's not on here is the wrestler known from Lucha Underground as King Cuerno and known in AAA as. Hijo del Fantasmo, I believe, is on the verge of signing with NXT. Wow. Now, I don't have that concrete, but that's... Rumor mill. That, that's, that's a little... It's a source. So if, if that's a thing, you heard it here first. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that wraps up the news outside of the WWE. Mrs. Shades... Tell him what's going on in the world of Vince McMahon's crazy head. And Vince McMahon's muscle man factory. Yes, sir. We had a very tragic passing of the great Harley race. You know, we had a couple weeks without one of these, and, and we're back. Harley race passes away at the age of 76. Now, a lot of new fans or current fans may not know who he is. Oh, this guy's a bona fide legend. He is what the NWA was. Right. He... 
you may know uh, Harley Race from Randy Orton spitting in his face. Mm. The guy with the mustache. Or holding the NWA championship. He was in WCW from the mid-90s and late 99. Didn't have a long WWE run. Only from 86 to 89. I don't know too much about him. He was King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. I know that. So he was mm-hmm. King Harley Race. But he was before my time. But I know the impact he left right. on the, uh, on wrestling. Right. I was going to say the WWE. In wrestling in general. And I put that under WWE as opposed to non-WWE because he's more synonymous with WWE right well, because now. Because the, like, the lineage mm-hmm. of where he's worth kind of all fall under WWE. Which is dumb because it's not his lineage is really in NWA AWA and NWA yeah but a lot of the stuff when like that lineage follows into WCW Mm -hmm. which WCW was then purchased by WWE so even though NWA is back right now Harley Race's NWA is actually owned by WWE it's not Jim Crockett Jim Crockett was uh, Jim Crockett Promotions is right before WCW yeah that was okay yeah so Harley Race made his wrestling debut in the mid '60s with AWA, mm-hmm. um, calling himself Handsome Harley Race. He was not handsome by. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs> but he is. So when people talk about like legends of the wrestling industry, the forefathers of the wrestling industry, people talk about you know Bruno San Martino, mm-hmm. and uh, people talk about. Um, Dusty Rhodes, obviously. People talk about um, the original Nature Boy. Got Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Uh, Harley Race is part of that conversation. Yeah. Anyone and everyone who's ever been someone who studies the craft of professional wrestling, uh, professional wrestlers in, in specifically, everyone can attribute something to Harley Race. So, the wrestling industry has lost... A tremendous legend. He is one of six men to have been inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, the NWA Hall of Fame, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Again, there's only so much to say about the legacy left behind by Harley Race. The wrestling industry will for sure miss him, and, you know, here at Grapples to Apples... We, we obviously give our sincerest condolences to all of Race's family and his friends. Not his racist family, Race's family. What is wrong with you? You gotta lighten the mood with the joke. What is you wrong gotta lighten with the mood you? with the joke. Chimney Cricket, man. My mom's aunt passed away. I said, you be alright, kid. Pat her on the back. Boom. There you go. Moving on. Please. Mentioned uh, Alex Shelley, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. No more. Oh. Chris Saban. Oh, this this dude had everyone a buzz this week. A buzz, we were, because Chris Saban tweeted out a picture of half a logo, of what is obviously the WWE Performance Center logo. And initially, he had put some cryptic message that kind of made it seem like maybe he was going to be wrestling for them or something. Mm-hmm. But then he tweeted out this picture, and it turned out that he's working as like a guest trainer or something like that yeah which made me very sad why because i like chris saban again um 
going back to Impact, right. I loved Chris Sable when he was in Impact. Right. His Cradle Shock uh, finisher was one of my favorite finishers. Right. And they gave him a push way too late in his career. Mm. But like, wouldn't you rather him get paid to to oh yeah to pass to on yeah to teach his, his skill than have WWE like chop him? him out yeah 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 no you I know? like like I said I'm happy for him get your bag but exactly get your bag without getting your you know your legacy tarnished. I would have wished for him to be in WWE just a bit sooner. I feel you, boo. I feel you. The tweets. The tweets wars. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. First we had Seth Rollins. This boy needs to stay off of Twitter forever, please. And Will Ospreay. This dude just buries And that himself. beef was squashed. Then to himself. Self-inflicted gun wound. This Twitter war that we have here None other than the sassy Southern Belle, Lacey Evans, and Alundra Blaze. Have you heard about this? (laughs) I'm laughing because it sounds ridiculous. So, Lacey Evans tweeted out last week on the Raw reunion, Legends equals yesterday's nasties. Okay. Healing it up. Of course. Good by her. Right. Smart. Blaze took offense to this comment. By commenting on the original post saying, you'll be lucky to be considered a legend. You failed in the military. You live in a portable trailer. Drag your kid and your husband around. Your hubby looked at me, gave me a compliment, and said, honey, maybe you'd be, you could be more like Alundra. You're yesterday's regurgitated garbage. Oh, my. Then Blaze tweets out. Oh, my. Oh, my. What is my call? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> then Blaze tweets out. Just Blaze. <laughs> oh man this is good this is a Friday guys oh Fridays she tweets out we need another legend versus current talent for SummerSlam who would y'all like to see Evans commented I volunteer to rip you out of your retirement home and make you choke on your words legend or not you're a disrespectful swollen headed nasty that has it coming Talk about my family again, and I'll lose this career gladly. Waving goodbye with your blood on my hands. Hashtag shoot. (sighs) Okay. Is this shoot? Because I can say, I can say, hashtag I have a killer body. It don't mean nothing because everyone knows I'm a whale. Hashtag liesyoutell.com. I'm saying, so like, she can say hashtag shoot all she wants. Is this a shoot? I mean... Because I can't imagine Lacey Evans is going to talk smack to Alundra Blaze Blaze, and face no repercussions. I mean, what they do in their personal life on Twitter, as we saw with the Usos and their... Oh, excuse me, Uso and his DUI. No, but you have to remember how WWE is full of it. Because when Baron Corbin was tweeting smack to a military personnel... He got he got a little bit of punishment for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's not about what you do legally that can affect other people. It's about what you say to people online. Well, because it's two wrestlers, I guess that's more of a hey, I don't care. I just realized Lacey Evans is our age. She don't look it. Yeah. She look mad old, B. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Alundra Blaze had all her facts. Like her ducks in a row when she came at Lacey Evans, because 
Lacey Evans, whose real name is Estrella uh, Cadillac, mm-hmm. former U.S. military's veteran, U.S. military marine. This is her birth name is Macy Evans. Yeah, but this is Estrella, Estrella Cadillac. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? That might be her married name. Probably. I mean, I don't know. Can I continue with the news? I'm sorry, by all means. Veteran of the U.S. Marines, and she served as a military police officer with the Specials Reaction Team, which is the military's specialized version similar to SWAT. So... That's not a game. Yeah, like... (laughs) Like, if... uh, She may be able to kill Elijah Blaze. (laughs) (laughs) With her bare hands. So... I mean, I, so so much of this feels like an Uber work. It, it it could be a work. The only thing that that makes me think it's a shoot is the family stuff. Her taking shots at her husband and her kid. Yeah, you don't really you don't. That's not work stuff. Yeah, no, you don't do that unless you're Eddie Guerrero and Mysterio. <laughs> oh, Dominic. Um, I don't know, man. And besides, I can't take too much into this because what they're not going to do anything. Elijah Blaze is coming back to have a match with... No one's watching that. I promise you, no one wants to see that match. Uh, We'll definitely get a This Is Boring chant for sure. Yeah. You should have stayed retired. Oh, dang, yo. Last bit of... Last bit of WWE news. WWE. It's an article that I came across. It says, when do you know how to read? Yeah, right? I'm looking at the books. <laughs> the books that have the words that read to my face. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's opponent has been reportedly repeat, uh, revealed after WWE calls Dave Meltzer. Oh, pa- wait, Papa Meltzer. WWE's so ridiculous. Right? So I'm just going to read the whole article as coherently as possible. Oh, boy. We're going to be here for a while. It's a very short article. Short of Jace. We'll see. Dave Meltzer... I don't need to tell you where you guys are from. Wrestling Observer, by the way, is reporting that Dolph Ziggler's Wait, opponent... No, 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 no. You're not going to slide on that, dog. You're not going to be like, Dave Meltzer, I don't have to tell you where he's from. And then you tell him where he's from? Yeah, I mean, for the for y'all that don't know who's at home. But you just said you don't have to. Yeah, but I did anyway. But then you did. But I do what I want to do because I'm Shades. Oh, Jiminy. Proceed, Mr. Shades. Papa Meltzer is reporting that Dolph Ziggler's opponent at WWE SummerSlam will be none other... Then the man with the longest undefeated streak in wrestling history. Oldberg. Bill Goldberg. Oldberg. And the way this became revealed to Meltzer is it another is story to Hilarious. Mel- okay, this is verbatim from the article. Meltzer stated on the latest episode of Wrestling Observer Radio that somewhere it got falsely reported earlier that Meltzer said that Goldberg would be Ziggler's opponent at SummerSlam. Melcher thinks it's because Brian Alvarez mm-hmm. said before it was probably Goldberg because Ziggler kept mentioning mm-hmm. him in his promos. I'm going to pause there. Anybody that watches wrestling with a brain can see that. Which is what, so that's what, during the show, Alvarez and Melcher were talking, and Alvarez was just like, oh. oh I'm going to get to that part. My bad. Continue reading your article, sir. You did homework for once. <laughs> for once? <laughs> You want to do this on air? No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, with that kid who finally does homework and they want to make sure that, like, the teacher... Know, teacher, can I please read my homework assignment because I actually did it? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely me. The one time I do homework... I'm saying. Yo, the, the answer was two. Like, <laughs> how'd y'all not get this? That's clear as day. No, teach? No? 
<laughs> Which led to false reports of Meltzer reporting it. Meltzer then received a call from someone at WWE asking Meltzer how he knew it was Goldberg because, I mean... He had his crystal ball. Yeah. Oh my god. This how you couldn't you see know? this coming. How did you it. know? How did How did you know? Who told you? What? Well, in fact, Meltzer didn't know at all. I, just, I I didn't say anything. And this is the exchange between Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. Alvarez. I mean, I may have speculated about it because he mentioned Goldberg's name in every single promo he's done, and the fact that Goldberg hears what I did say because I believe this with every ounce of my being. Goldberg guaranteed wants to avenge that match with The Undertaker from the Saudi show. Right. Meltzer, everyone wants him to. Well, I shouldn't say that. Everyone who supports him wants to. Alvarez, sure. Meltzer, yeah, yeah, true. So probably because of what you said, some people must have written somewhere that I said that Bill Goldberg was going to be wrestling Dolph Ziggler. This is like a several day this is like several days ago, and I said I never reported that. Somebody was trying, who's not even worth mentioning about, ta- uh, started the thing like, I talked to WWE and they hated Bill Goldberg and that's not going to happen, which I knew they didn't hate Bill Goldberg. And I was just like, okay, well, I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it continues as, so I said, I never said that. I don't know where this is coming from. So thank you to these idiots because I got a call from someone in WWE who's talked to me about how did you know it was Bill Goldberg. And I said, I didn't know it was Bill Goldberg. They didn't realize that I said I didn't know because all these people had said that I said that when I never said it in the first place. So in fact, it is Bill Goldberg, and that's how I found out. Isn't that wonderful? So Meltzer never reported Bill Goldberg facing Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. Someone from WWE called Papa Meltzer and told him, Hey, how did you know that we're setting up Goldberg versus Ziggler? He's like, I didn't know until you guys told me. But didn't you say this? I didn't say that. Somebody else said that I said that, but I didn't say that. You told me that, so now I'm going to say this. <laughs> My brain hurts. It's, it's, it's so it is So stupid. It's hilarious. It's like you and I are having this conversation right now. We come up with some sort of theory. Someone goes and reports that that's what's going to happen. And the WWE calls us, how did you know? I did. I, I'm like, how'd you get this number? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it was pure speculation. And now it's... Speculation-ish. Now it's, yeah, look. It's going to be uh, Ziggler versus Goldberg. <sighs> I may not tune into SummerSlam. It's next week. No. Yes. No, it's not. It's next Sunday. No, it's not. Okay. No, it's not. You're it's lying. It's next Sunday. You're a li- liar, liar. Your pants are on fire. How have you not burned this place down with Bro. your pants being on fire? Because you, sir, Well, that's because my pants are probably on them here. Summer Slam. Let's see this. August 11th. Good golly. Next weekend. Miss Molly. I have double booked. <laughs> 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 Wait, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Better figure it out. I'll see you next weekend, boy. Oh, good. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You only got a week to build Goldberg versus Ziggler now? With Shawn Michaels as special guest referee. Oh, my God. Let's talk. So, anyway, Raw. I want to, for the first time in a long time, talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. 
Because holy crap, it wasn't bad. This one was... It was a pretty good show. It was a, it was a, a very good show. Like, I would say very good. It was pretty good. I can't even front. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I don't remember the last time I enjoyed an episode of Monday Night Roman, but whoa, boy. This, it was non-stop action. Well, it was a, definitely a difference in terms of last week. Yes. There was very little filler, and everything led to something else. Mm-hmm. And there was intertwining storylines. Mm-hmm. And that, oh my god, that makes my heart so happy. This, okay. So, I'm not going to go in any particular order. I kind of want to just, like, touch on things here and there. So, we had the gauntlet match. Which they actually opened the night, if I'm not mistaken. The, no, the 24-7 championship technically opened You're the right. We'll get to that later. So we have the gauntlet match, which WWE has figured how to book. Like, if they know how to book anything, they know how to book gauntlet matches. Yeah. You know, you have Ray looking great. You had Andrade look great. Sami Zayn is the only one who came out of there looking like trash. Yeah. The only issue that I have with the the gauntlet is that it felt inevitable that Ricochet was going to win. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was obvious. Right. But I was like, I don't care if it's obvious as long as these guys put on a good, like, as uh, long as good we matches. It's, yeah, something is not about the destinations, but it's about the journey. Yeah. And this was a good journey. Yeah, very good journey. So very, that was fun. Very good heel work by Andrade. By For the way. sure. Ripping off Ray's mask. R- like, ripping, ripping off, it off Ray's mask. His face was shown. And, and people, the dumb WWE smarks out there. That's not the real Rey Mysterio. No, people aren't saying that. Oh, God, the internet makes me hurt. Anyway, see, now, people don't catch nuance. Because, you ha- like, nuance like this has to come with background. The fact that it's Andrade, who ripped off Rey's mask, has extra weight. Because Andrade comes from the lucha scene. He, he like, it's not like... Dolph Ziggler or Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. They don't come from that world. Mm-hmm. So, like, the significance of wearing the mask, while they may understand it in theory, can be lost on them in true reality. Yeah, I mean, this is not the first time he also ripped Ray's mask off. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Anytime it's been done, it was never someone from the lucha world. Yeah. So having someone like Andrade, who comes from the lucha world, and not only that... He used to wear a mask mm-hmm. when he was La Sombra. Mm-hmm. So he's someone who used to be a mask luchador and voluntarily decided to remove his mask when he came to the, to the States, now is ripping off Ray's legendary mask. There's so much nuance there mm-hmm. that I, I don't even know. That is detailed like storytelling that the casual WWE fan... Or the casual wrestling fan. I, you know what? I don't call it a casual wrestling fan. Because there's no such thing as a casual wrestling fan. There are casual WWE fans and then there's, there's wrestling, wrestling fans. fans. Yeah. People who, who are casual fans don't get this. Right. Oh, it's just him ripping off his mask. It's so like much the mask in, in lucha wrestling. It's everything. It's, 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 their, it's your identity. <clears throat> it's exactly. Like a, a mask versus mask match or a hair versus mask match is it's called it's um lucha de apuestos which is um, uh, it means literally translates to a, a bet in a match and this is usually like the blow off of like a blood feud yeah you know and so i don't even know if Heyman realize I, I think Heyman has to realize 
the significance Heyman, of Andrade doing it to Ray. Heyman realizes it. That's why he probably told him to do it. Ray probably gave him the okay. Of course. Because Ray has been unmasked in WCW, so yeah. it's not like, hey, yeah. we don't know your face. Like, I don't remember the, the See, masked Lucha's name, but he he went everywhere with it. He was a, a movie star also yeah, in the mask. This is, this is, yeah, that <laughs> was, that's not uncommon, especially in the, in the 70s and 80s. Luchadores lived by this. There, there are people who legitimately have lived an entire life and died without people knowing their true identities because they lived under the mask. Mm-hmm. They were actors. They were doing with TV, movies, whatever, in mask. And that's who that Pentagon Junior. People don't like. If, okay, so if you if anyone goes through um, AAA's roster, um, and I think CMLL's roster. Half of their names do not appear because people don't know their actual names. I think Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, people don't know their actual names. They know that they're brothers, but their name, like, no one knows who they are. Because they live and breathe by the mask in Lucha. Like, that's why a lot of times they're passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. That's how you get a lot of hijo de... Which is son, son of, of, yes. You know, they end up passing down the mask, or at least the mantle that that mask belongs to. There's only one picture of Pentagon with no mask on. And it's ripped. It's and not it's even ripped. Though it's, yeah, it's not that it's off, it's ripped. But I bet you if you try and find out what his name is, you're not going to find it. Because huh. this, this means something in the Lucha world. That's why when he. when. When he lost it in WCW, it was a huge issue because it was lost under, like, dubious circumstances to, like, who? Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Have nothing to do with Lucha. Yeah, there's no... His real name's not on Wikipedia. That's what I'm saying. You cannot find actual information about a lot of Mexican luchadores because it's... The mask is that serious. Yeah, he's... It's only... Residents, born, family... That's Pentagon it. Senior and Ray Phoenix. That's all anyone knows. Yeah. Go down CMLL's roster and AAA's roster, and you're gonna find a bunch of that. You're gonna see a whole lot of wrestler name, no actual name. Wrestler name, no actual name. Cause the mask means something in lucha. So the fact that a former luchador who voluntarily gave up his mask ripped it off of a legend. Nuance. There's just I really hope Pentagon Jr. does not come to WWE. No, they'll put him in a feud with like Kalisto. <laughs> or they'll put him with the Lucha House family, Lucha House Party. Maybe the Lucha House family. The Lucha House family, exactly. Um, so that I love that. I was I was so I typically hate when they do the whole mask ripping thing because it's so played out. But when it's when it means something with the two guys who are involved. I'm on board. The heat that Andrade gets from this, in my eyes, yeah, is fantastic. Right. You're going to have a match between Ray. Uh, they're going to have a match at SummerSlam for sure. Like if you're a lucha purist, you have to hate Andrade for what he did. Because mm-hmm. one thing to oh, one of these American wrestlers did it. They don't understand, but Andrade for you, La Sombra, to do this, it's a spit in the face. Oh my God! I of people who don't want to be cool. One of my people's Puerto Ricans. Carlito. 
You had to. That's my man. That's my man, Manny Clash. This is his first wrestling shirt he came into the school with. Came with the Carlito shirt. He had an Apple. I said, "You spin my face, you're a dead man." <laughs> uh, okay, <clears throat> so what what else do you want to talk about with Raw? Okay, so let's talk about the open. Okay, the twenty four. The suspension match. of the twenty four seven rule. Well, this is what so that they doing. can have a lumberjack riot match. No, 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 no. It was a mosh pit match. Oh god. A mosh pit lumberjack style match. Yeah. Between Drake Maverick and his wife Renee Michelle. Taking on the current 24-7 champion, Ronald the Truth Killings. <laughs> our truth for you guys who don't know. Okay, quick baby. And Carmelo. In a pretty short match. Well, it would just serve to set up the rest of the the night. Yes. So our truth and Carmelo win. Mm-hmm. They jobbers, as I like to call them, <clears throat> swarm the ring. Right. The jobber brigade swarm the ring, and out of everything. So they they all dogpile. Yeah, and Mike and Canellis, the rest hits a three count on Mike Mike Canellis pins. Well, no one sees what's going on. It's mm-hmm. just a dogpile. The referee hits a three count, and everyone's like, "Who did what?" Who's the champion? And then Mike Canellis scurries out with the championship from the dog pile. So at the time, Mike Canellis was the new 24-7 champion. Well, that would be short-lived. Yeah. Because he hides in the official's yeah. locker. Yeah, locker room. Was locker it a singular room. locker? Yeah, it was a locker room. <laughs> locker. <laughs> Might as well have been a closet. <laughs> it looked like a closet. Basically, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was a degenerate. Like closet. a closet with just referee striped shirts hanging out. I love that. I love that, though. I like that they had the referee shirts hanging from the, the hooks. It's all about detail. It's all about detail. So, Maria Canellis is knocking on the door. How do I know? And, and Mike Canellis. This part I hate. Obviously... Scared for his life now because he's the twenty four seven champion. Right. How do I know it's not Carmella doing your voice? And she says, "Mike, if you don't open this door, I'm going to kick you in the vagina." And I'm like, "Oh, way to you know demasculate you know Mike Canellis, Maria." So she comes in with her own ref, and she tells him to get on the floor because she's going to pin him because. Their baby should have, to have a, a champion as, as a, a parent. parent. So I don't like the way they got there. I do like the before and after. <coughs> I definitely like the after. Because the after actually sets something up for once. Mm-hmm. The 24-7 championship had been just this R-Truth and Drake Maverick thing running around and then jobbers. Now, now there's now now there's intrigue, because her whole thing, she's prancing in the in the background area, the backstage area, waving her belt in everyone's face. I'm pregnant. The uh, first ever pregnant champion. What are you gonna do? Are you really going to pin a pregnant woman? I like this. It's brilliant. And she's like early pregnancy, so exactly. she may be the longest reigning twenty four seven champion. She runs it, she's, she um, is flaunting it, and then Braun Strowman comes up behind her. And she's like, yo, are you really crowding me? Are you really crowding a pregnant woman? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And then she kind of says something to imply that, like, he should be her bodyguard. Mm-hmm. 
And so now, is Braum going to become Maria Canales' bodyguard? No. Are we going to play? Like, there's so, but again, there's intrigue there. Is he going to do that? Is he not? Does she need him? How does she run this whole pregnant woman thing? How long does she run it for? Well, she's also said that if anybody wanted to pin her, they can pin her with her legs in the, the stirrups, stirrups at her, at her OBGYN appointment on Thursday. Right. And like people in the wrestling page that we were on, I was like, I would love to see a video surface of people just crowded around her at the OBGYN trying to pin her, but can't. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously, legs up, doctors right. got to check the uh, right. the baby areas and, right. you know, what. No. As funny as that would be to watch, I hope that they, I kind of want them to not. Why? I don't because now this has. I'm kind of on board with the 24 7 championship, man. Like, like let's do this thing. Yeah. Like, let's yeah, do something exactly. about right. this. Right. Right. And so I feel like I don't need this to continue going down the comedy route. Now we're doing something. Maria's the pregnant champion. What are we doing with this? When, how are we going to do something with this? Is she going to give birth and as soon as she's done giving birth, someone's going to pin her? You know, is Archie going to pretend to be a doctor? You know what I mean? Like. Oh, congratulations. One, two, three. But that's eight months from now. You know, or however many months it, that it is. It may, unless they, they can find some way to keep this going, it may lose its fire. It may lose that and that's where you bring, that's, And that's where Braun comes in. Like, Braun defends the title for her? Braun just fends up anyone who comes near her. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like Braun being a lackey. It didn't work for him when he was in the Wyatt family. It's not going to work for him now. He's not being a lackey. He's being a, a, a protector of a pregnant woman. Well, he has no stakes in protecting her. He's a face. And she's a heel. She's a pregnant woman. She's a pregnant heel. Well, she's a pregnant woman. So what? That's above heel and face. No, stop it. Don't do that. Don't put real life into wrestling. It never works. But that's what... But that's no. what... That's what? That's what this is. If she gives birth to a hand, though, I'm a loser. Oh, my God. A freaking hand. I was going <laughs> to... Um, okay, so... I mentioned earlier about intertwining, interweaving storylines. And one example of that that I like that they did was the whole Becky, uh, Alexa, Nikki, Natalia thing. Yeah. They have these four women in this interwoven storyline. Which I really appreciate. Because it's Becky versus Natalia. But Bliss and Cross are still kind of in her crosshairs. So she's prepping for Natalia. But Bliss and, and Cross are still kind of messing with her. They still have an inevitable feud to go to. And then Natalia... Like it's, it, they're all four of them are circling each other. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of harkens back to Attitude Era stuff. Where someone's taking the time to sit down and go, okay... How do we connect this dot to that dot to this dot, and then this dot to that dot? It's work. Someone's doing work. The one thing I didn't like is that we didn't need the um, Moment of Bliss segment to have a video surface of Becky Lynch attacking Mm. Fit Finley and then putting Natalia Natalia in the the disarmor during a training exercise with, you know, yeah. uh, recruits or, you know. So some people are complaining about that because they're saying that it's a heel thing to do. Mm-hmm. But aren't we past that with Becky? 
they're we're so far gone the whole heel face thing with Becky Lynch. Right now she's just she's just Becky. Yeah. I mean, she's not stone cold, don't get me wrong. And to be honest, Becky Lynch's um thing for me, like her reign or whatever. Mm. I, I'm bored with her already. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm bored with Becky Lynch. I mean, it's definitely not as hot as it was. No. But I I'm cool. Like, at no point am I going, oh my god, is it over yet? I'm cool. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, is this over yet? But I am... I mean, what's the alternative? Bliss again? No. What I... What Becky does is she brings stability to the belt. Right. And that I appreciate. <clears throat> but I'm I'm tired of her... Uh, and it's it's going to sound so hip, uh, you know hypocritical because I was in love with Stone Cold when he was doing it. The anti-establishment of Jace from Becky Lynch where everyone's a dope and she's the best wrestler but she's not. She's a good wrestler. She's not the best wrestler. She's not even the top is she top five on, on the roster? On the Raw roster for sure. No, I'm talking about in the WWE. In the entire WWE? Yeah, NXT included. I don't think she's top five. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's top five. Top ten. Top ten, not top five. I'll give you top ten. I don't know about top five. So... For me, it's like it's played already. I'm 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 over, like the the honeymoon is over for me with Becky Lynch. I got you. I know, like I've never been big on Becky Lynch. I love Becky. I know, and you and Bizzle love Becky Lynch, and I was like, right, you know, it's remnants of Stone Cold when she was going up uh, against Stephanie mm-hmm. and and trips and stuff like that. But after that, I was just like, after the Ronda Rousey feud, it's been for me. All right. I mean, that was like the apex, you know? So now it's like... Yeah, no, obviously. But for me, I was like, you got to stay It didn't help that right after that, they put it with Lacey. Yeah, it really did. That was a fart of a feud. So it's kind of rough when you go from the the MAGA... Not MAGA. MAGMA. MAGMA. MAGMA heat of uh, of Ronda Mm -hmm. to Lacey Evans. You know? Mm -hmm. But, uh... Again, I like it. Like you said, it brings stability. I don't, I don't. I'm cool with this. As long as they keep inter- interweaving stories, it's even better. I mean, so you had her attack Natty earlier in the day and put mm-hmm. her in the disarmor. Mm-hmm. Then you have Bliss and Becky in a match, mm-hmm. and Becky beats Bliss after Bliss feigns an injury. Right. So Nikki Cross is now upset mm-hmm. that she hurt her friend. Mm-hmm. She wants to face Becky Lynch, and she loses in a pretty quick match as well. Right. And Corey Graves is the announcer we don't deserve right now. Becky uh, Becky Lynch beats Nikki Cross, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Alexa Bliss comes out and attacks her from behind. Right, right, right. And he's like, oh my god, it's a miracle. She's healed. And it's like, his... His delivery. His delivery was everything. There was some, I forgot what... It, he, there was something that he responded to on Raw that was supposed to be said with, like, shock and awe. Mm-hmm. And he said it so flat and like, oh yeah, what a surprise. This happened. And it was just like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. So... That, like, him delivering that and then Cross and Bliss attacking Lynch after the match. We had Natty run down, which everyone thought was going to come in and make the save. But she kind of does. She doesn't because she just scares them off. 
So that's where the save is. She makes the save, but then she a little... Is she making the save or is she just joining the party? You well, know? Like... she technically saved Becky from Alexa and Cross. So she saved... That's a save. She stomped on her twice, she grabs her legs, and she puts her in the, in the sharpshooter. And the one thing that I love about Becky Lynch and what they're doing with her character is similar to what they did with Stone Cold when, you know, Stone Cold was a face. When he's in a submission... No tap. Nope. No tap. Only nope. heel Stone Cold taps out. I give yeah. up, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Becky, Becky no tap. Becky no tap. Same thing with Ronda Rousey. When Ronda Rousey was, you know, had her in the arm bar and mm-hmm. all this other yep. stuff. Yep, she never tapped. No tapped. Uh, the figure eight, no tap. No keep, keep that strong. The only thing when she tapped to, um, to what's her face? To Oscar, Oscar the Rumble. Yeah, which was dumb. Which, yeah. That was but, dumb. But that was just to set up her entering the rumble at the end of the night. Yeah. So, Natty's walking backstage and she gets interviewed. And she issues a challenge at SummerSlam. A submission match. A submission match to Becky Lynch. Her superior sharpshooter versus... The disarm her. Watch yourself. No, I made the face because hers is not superior to nothing. She stole that from her, from, from Brett. And Sting stole, and, she, and Brett Hart stole it from Sting. I'm surprised that you're crediting Sting considering how big of a Brett Fart. Oh, Brett Fart. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not a Brett Fart fan. <laughs> That's a funny split. Split! Slip! It's Friday! <laughs> Brett, Brett Hart, Mr. Perfect told him to do it. <coughs> He's like, yo, you should do the submission, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. Was it supposed to? Or was it like... Pat Patterson then told him to do it. And Bret Hart didn't even know how to do the submission in the beginning. Well, what was his finish before that? It wasn't. Like, I don't remember. Yeah. But Sting... But the sharpshooter's anonymous with both Sting and, and Bret Hart. And well, Bret the Scorpion Hart. Deathlock and the sharpshooter. Yeah. So, the superior sharpshooter versus the inferior disarmer. Submission match. That should be fun. It can be if they book it right. Mm, but they're not. Because Natty's as good as the technical wrestler that they have. She's probably their best technical wrestler. And then Becky Lynch is a good wrestler. Yeah. She's not necessarily technical, but she's not a brawler. She's, she's just like an she's, overall professional wrestler. She's a good professional wrestler. I find her to be sloppy sometimes. But. Yeah. Well, she's not the most athletic thing on the planet. Yeah. So when she tries to do like the drop kick, it comes off a little ugly. Yeah. Her drop kick is heated. Yeah, it's it's god awful. It's it's always just one leg and the other one kind of just like dangles. Like it flails. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. a heel, it's like a heel kick. It's so bad. I, Becky, I love you, but your your drop kick is horrendous. In a move that I didn't see happening, this was my shocker of the night. The OC. I hate that name, by the way. The original. The official club. It can't be the original club. They're not the original they're club. They're not the original anything. Because the a- Bullet Club is not the original club because the Click is the original club. If anything, AJ Styles wasn't even in the original club. He wasn't club. even in the original club. He was the third lead. Second, second leader. Second, second leader. leader. Second after sorry. Balor. Or well, Prince him and, and Machine Gun were like co for a second. Oh, God. The OC. Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. Beats the Usos and the Revival. I'm sorry. The problem with the OC is that if you're born 
in the early 90s like we were. I never watched the OC, actually. But the show was there. You know it. I know of it. You I, hear I the OC. Like, you had, like, the, it's a callback. I've never heard... Us. I don't know the theme song. Okay. I don't know any character's name. I watched the entire show. I don't know... The show was huge. I don't know what the show's about, but I know it was on, like, Fox 5 or something like that. I think it was on Channel 11, wasn't it? It was a CW show, no? I don't know. I don't remember, but it was huge. And I... Uh, um, Misha Barton is her name? Yeah. Is she in that show? Yeah. Okay, because it was either that or she's One the, Tree she's Hill. She's the main girl. She's the main lead. Um, was that awkward dude? The the blonde guy. The blonde guy, and then the annoying little chick. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about the show. I know it's on Hulu. Is it really? Yeah. Bro. It's on Hulu, and my monkey was like, oh, the OC's on here. I'm like, never saw an episode. Don't know what this show's about. Watch the entire... I can tell you the entire synopsis right no, now. No, because I'm watching Yu-Gi-Oh! GX now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it back. But enough about but that. But anyway, but yeah, so like, so Wrestle Talk, the YouTube channel, they like they make fun of that fact that every time they, they mention the OC, they start singing the theme song uh. to the show. And I'm like, and that's like... You can't be what's cool. The, what's the, the theme song? It's it's a song called California. By uh, Hollywood Undead? No. Oh. Hollywood Undead wasn't even a thing by the time the show probably was Probably wasn't. This is like, what, early 2000s, mid 2000s? Yeah, this is probably like 2001-ish. Wow. <laughs> we got murder <laughs> We're next. <laughs> Sitting in a dark room right now. <laughs> Only lights are laptops. But, like, you can't be a cool wrestling faction when you're named after an old teen drama from the mid to oh, the teen 2000s. drama? Yeah. Oh, man. It takes place, like, starting in high school and then into college. Stay is the club. What was wrong with the club? I don't know, man. Anyway, this back was, to the match. This was a, a very good match. Yeah. A very good match. I'm not crazy about the Usos being in it after the DUI, but... Yeah, but... You know how they are and yeah. whatnot, whatever, you know. Just wait till someone dies. Sorry? Wait till someone dies from one of these DUIs and then they will be okay. Oh my gosh, I was saying, wait, somebody dies and they put him in a match. I was like, that's horrible. Uh, what I don't get is you have them get chumped out last week at the Royal Reunion and have them win the tag titles this Not week. to mention that they both jobbed out to Ricochet one after the other like three weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So... That's my only issue with the booking of this. It doesn't make sense. Like, I can't take them seriously when they're getting jobbed out yesterday. It's a gender hole all over again. Don't hinder. It's not to that extent because they, like, Gals and Anderson come with built-in believability. Yeah, I mean, they were a real deal in Japan. But we're not in Japan anymore. No, we're not. Remember, the WWE acts like Japan is nothing. I mean, they there there's some hints to it with Shinsuke and... Shinsuke! What I enjoyed... Nakamura! What I enjoyed uh, was the end. Uh, end of Jace. All the gold? No. What? I'm talking about the end of Raw. Oh, that was fun. Where we had Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler in a match... Because we've seen this before. Yeah, but we didn't really get that, did we? We did not. Because all we hear is... And Seth is trying to get ready to attack 
you know, fight off Brock, and Dolph Ziggler holds his leg, which is amazing. And he proceeds, Brock and proceeds, we proceed to, to give you kick what you need. The ever living Molasses. dog piss. Yeah, yeah. Out of Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. And it's, well, I didn't, the one thing that I didn't like about this. Look, Castle? So obvious. <laughs> so obvious. You know, we're talking about internal bleeding. Internal bleeding. He kept f fiving him on the on the on the backrest of the steel chair. He had internal bleeding. He was bleeding from his mouth. Shades, have you no compassion? Have you no heart, man? It was a blood capsule. Absolutely like, a blood capsule. And the Academy Award <laughs> nominees are Seth Rollins for feigning a eternal injury. Internal. Internal. Not eternal. Eternal. Uh, we don't know, man. He may be eternally done after this one. Cause like I said, he got the Dog piss beat out his, of him. His Twitter game has been eternally damaged. Yeah. <laughs> now his ribs are eternally damaged. Brock Lesnar stops an ambulam. <laughs> an ambulam. I hate you. And if I was the dryer, I'd have ran him over. Like, hey, this guy's like bleeding back here. We got to get him to the hospital. Right. He's like, don't move. Turn it off. And just swings the doors open, grabs the the stretcher, and with one fluid motion, pulls the whole thing out. And Rollins just bounces, gets up, and the strap is just on the wrist. And I... And she's like... Oh, he is going to... Die <laughs> with that voice of his. <laughs> so he like Rollins unclips him. He had the, the the right of mind to unclip himself. Right. Because if not, I felt like like Lesson would pick him up in the treasury and have five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's dead. Similar to like I don't know if you were watching during the Attitude Era when the Big Show was facing uh, Rey Mysterio. And they had, like, Rey Mysterio on the orange, like, board. Yes. In, yes. And Big Show picked him up. And just and, threw like, him. No, and, like, batted, like, swung yeah, yeah, yeah. into the pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let him drop. So he hit the pole and then dropped. It hit his face on the floor. Attitude Era. Seriously underrated. <laughs> oh, yeah, underrated. The Attitude Era is underrated. Not the, Attitude Era. I'm serious. The Ruthless Aggression Era. I was going to say, the Attitude Era is the most... The Ruthless like, Aggression Era. Okay. Because you had Brock Lesnar beat up a one-legged man. Ruthless aggression. Brock Lesnar beat up a one-legged man. Yeah. And beat the piss out of the kid. Going down the stairs. Bloody. I was like, oh, Zach Coward, my gosh. I think there was more bloodshed during the the, uh, Ruthless Aggression era than ever before. I mean, you between Eddie, JBL, Eddie, Eddie and putting John him Cena, ahead with the the Muda level bleeding right there, bro. Between Cena, JBL, and Eddie, they were just like, who can bleed more? Don't forget, Ric Flair was still wrestling. Ric so. Flair was still wrestling, so he was bleeding everywhere. Mick Foley was still wrestling. Was he really? Yeah. He was still not not you know full time, but he was still wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then they had like the whole like and the faces come out and then like heels are facing each other and then Cedric jumps off the freaking thing. Bro, 
was like, what? You're, you're going to the Samoan Summit, and we haven't gotten there yet. No, the hell? Samoan, who cares about the Samoan Summit? But that's, that's where that happened. They didn't even happened. do anything. That's where that happened. I know, but, like, let's get to the fun stuff. What was the fun stuff? What did you say? Oh, so, moving on to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lesnar's, like, F5'd Rollins onto the actual gurney. Right. And a stretcher, rather. Not a gurney. He's not dead. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. Oh, TBD. TBD. Then he had the Samoan Summon, which was just basically like, hey, Joe, I'm going to fight you. And Samoa Joe... No, Samoa Joe's like, hey, Joe, I'm going to fight you. And then they fought, and that's basically it. And then it got fun. Then it got fun for some people, boring for others. You didn't think that was fun? It was like fun. Cedric jumping off the thing? What wasn't fun is that they're all fist fighting, and then Cedric, obviously there's some hesitation in the jump. So everyone's got to make sure everyone's there. N- no, everyone was there. Even if there's four people there, there's enough people to catch him. Bro, that's a hell of a leap, man. Everyone is just standing up looking at <gasps> Just looking at him. You going to jump? You going like, to jump or no? You going to jump or no? I don't know, man. You on Raw, I know. You just live, I know. You want to be good, I know. You on Jump or not, I don't know. Jump! Ah, oh, God damn it. He jumps, and then he attacks Drew McIntyre. And the, obvious they're going the, to have a match the, at SummerSlam. The McIntyre. And Drew should destroy him. Yes. Cedric should get in two bits of offense to start the match. Like, flippy things. And get caught, and then it, and he's dead. That's how it should go. I'm cool with that. Like a running hit, a drop kick. He goes for, like, a, a springboard something. Caught, done, dead. Yeah. So, SmackDown? <sighs> SmackDown was definitely the lesser of the two shows this week. <laughs> There's one thing in particular that really stuck in my craw. Jerry the King Lawler has his King's Court nonsense. Because they're in Memphis. And he brings out Trish Stratus. And they're like, you know, on Raw Reunion, people were chanting one more match for a lot of the wrestlers that were out here. What do you think, Trish? Do you have one more match? As if she didn't wrestle at Evolution last year. But anyway. Do you have it in you? One more match? One more match? And she's not saying much. And she's trying to go around it. And she's beating around the bush. Oh, I'm a mom now. And blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada. And Charlotte comes out. Charlotte Flair. Who some people treat and think of as God's gift to women's wrestling. The Roman Reigns of the women's division. Comes out talking spaghetti smack and challenges Trish Stratus to a match at SummerSlam. And if there's anything WWE does not know how to book, it's women's feuds out of nowhere. And so, what is the punctuation here? Because what's the punctuation of every female feud? You <laughs> being a beep and calls her the B word. Breaking news. Uh. Investigation details on Roman Reigns' backstage incident on SmackDown Live. I want to get to the segment before we do that. So set it up right now. Long, I'm a, long story short, 
Trish versus Charlotte at SummerSlam because reasons, because bleep, because Charlotte has to have something to do at SummerSlam. Okay, now you go. Set it up and then give us the breaking news. So Roman Reigns is walking backstage, having told us what his plans are for SummerSlam, and a scaffolding falls over and collapses on him, and more equipment falls on him as well. But Roman Reigns had ample time to move out of the way. He's just too big of a dog to move that quickly. He had as much time as the guy in the Austin Powers movie had to not get run over by the, that, that truck vehicle thing. <laughs> Zamboni. The Zamboni adjacent, yeah. So, it's the, the article starts off, <clears throat> The big dog was denied the opportunity to make a SummerSlam challenge while a pile of scaffold and metal suddenly fell upon him. In moments of this week's SmackDown Live, Roman Reigns was attending to make a SummerSlam challenge from backstage area, but the big dog was barely in, evaded sheer catastrophe when tons of steel beams came plummeting towards him. A preliminary investigation found the incident Tuesday night involving Roman Reigns was caused by a forklift backstage carrying lighting grinds, excuse me, lighting grids, and were not properly secured. Update. It has been determined that the incident is in, in question was specifically caused by the forklift error. At this point, the identity of the forklift driver has not been determined. Translation. They don't know who did it yet. Essentially, Daniel Bryan was driving a forklift <laughs> and ran into the big dog. Big dog. Big dog. What I don't like, and again, with the, I'm going back to with the Becky Lynch thing, with Kevin Owens. Mm. The whole Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens thing feels so freaking forced. Well, the good thing is that we didn't have as much Shane on this week's programming as we have in the past. Yeah. At least. Um, but we still had what I feel is so forced to reignite or rekindle a McMahon Austin like feud. Yeah. And I don't I don't want it. Leave that in the past. That's where it was. It's good. It was good for what it is. Helped you win the war. You have McIntyre come out to defend Shane's honor, I guess, because Shane put him and excuse me, Owens in a match because reasons. Reasons. And I'm gonna give Drew McIntyre kudos because he's the only one as of recent to be able to hit or take a stunner properly where like he lands on his knees and pops back perfectly it's not rocket size people Owen stunner god awful ugly probably like the like Vince McMahon type stunner no one was worse than Vince's Vince's stunner was horrendous but I mean, SmackDown for me, another bore week. Yeah, The New Day and the OC. Kofi they, Kingston. They couldn't wait. They just, like, WWE has zero patience. Kofi Kingston versus AJ Styles. In a match that AJ has no business ever losing. Mm-hmm. But he did lose. What does it tell you? That their matchup was the Raw Tag Team Champions and the United States Champion 
versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions and the WWE Champion. Hmm. Kind of feels like you're putting them on equal footing. Kind of feels like the WWE is suddenly a mid-card belt. Hmm. Pretty sure I said that was going to happen. When you have a mid-card champion... When you have a mid-carder hold the, the your top belt, or second to top belt, it will feel like a mid-card belt. Ba-ba-da. I can't wait for Kofi to be done. Bro, I can't... Um, I can't wait for everyone to, to get over the, the, the whole Kofi fix. I'm sorry. He doesn't do it for me as a WWE champion. He's entertaining as a, as a, as a tag team champion to some people. Not to me. I don't care. Um, never was a New Day fan. Mm. But I, I, the fact that he's got the pancakes, throwing the pancakes and this and that. and what, it's, it's a joke. It's a freaking joke. I don't want to speak about SmackDown anymore. I don't want to talk about SmackDown anymore. I mean... I heard Melch's popping out five-star matches for the Climax. So, I'm glad you mentioned that, because mm-hmm. I was going to transition. Last, since the, the G1 Climax started, we've, we've been mentioning the G1 Climax on all of our episodes, and so, as such, I want to do the same for this episode. The G1 Climax is in full swing... Pretty much almost over at this point. Mm. Um, so, some updated standings for those of you who have not been following along. And some notable people who are no longer able to win and those who can. Unfortunately, my boy Will Ospreay, only with four points right now, cannot win Block A. See ya. Zack Sabre Jr. struggled out the gate. Never really recovered. Still only four points. See ya. He's out of contention. Uh, still in the race. Kazuchika Okada leading block A with 12 points. I don't like that. Kenta and Kota Ibushi both tied with eight with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And much to my surprise, Evil right behind them with six points. Nice. So those are the five still in contention in block A. Is Kazuchika Okada, the current IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Kenta, who's brand new to the company, to the company, so that makes sense. Uh, Kota Bushi, who just signed that massive deal, so that makes sense. They've been pushing him. Tanahashi, Tanahashi, and again, evil is the surprise, in my opinion. Over in Block B, only two people are officially eliminated from contention, which are Taichi and Shingo Takagi, which to me is a huge surprise, considering he was hot coming in. They put a rocket on his back to start, and it looks like they may have lost faith in him or something, because they've kind of dropped him way down the card ever since dropping the title to uh, Osprey. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to Osprey, but losing his championship once he won it. So, that's interesting to me. Top of block B right now is John Moxley with 10 points. No surprise there. No surprise there. And what is a surprise to me is that Maz has just been putting on match after match that have been receiving critical acclaim, first with uh, Ishii uh, last week and this week with Toriyanu. Apparently, this match is all over the place. So, that's interesting that Moxley has... Five-star match with Ishii, you know? Yeah. Five-star match with Ishii. Um, I don't think Meltzer's been given uh, the match with Yano uh, rating yet. Mm. But... Everyone's talking about it. So it's interesting to see that Moxley, you know, now that he's left WWE, he's able to put on these fantastic matches with these great wrestlers. 
Juice Robinson is in a like quadrillion way tie with six points with Ishii, uh, Yanu, Naito, Hiroki Goto, Jay White, and Jeff Cobb all have six points. So it's pretty much Moxley with ten, the rest of the block with six, and the two that were eliminated. So it's very interesting to see where this is going. We don't have much left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. Yeah. The climax is over on August 10th. So by this time next week, we should have a winner of the 29th annual G1 Climax. Next Saturday is the last... Uh... Yeah. So we shall see. Uh, obviously, if you have a chance, if you have the New Japan World or if you can find a streaming somewhere, highly recommend watching any of these matches. Apparently, anything with John Moxley has been a barn burner. Get ten friends, put a dollar each, get New Japan World. Seriously, it's 900 yen a month, which comes out to like nine and change American. So just just do it. Just do it. Do it. Papa Trump, do it. Papa Trump, do it. So that'll do it for this week's episode, guys. Thank you all for listening. As usual, you've been catching us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apple. That's Grapples on number two. two. Apples, if you haven't been on SoundCloud, you might have been catching us on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to catch us on our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples to Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two. Apples, as always, I've been one of your hosts, Will of the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is. Joined by my main man, my hetero life mate. The man of the hour, the man with the power to... Damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop. Rise at the top. Yeah, boy. Shades. Until next week, don't forget to catch us on. Uh, catch us next week because an apple a day keeps bad wrestling away. Peace. Happy 50th, guys. Peace.